So one ball, two strikes, two outs, runner on second. Regal Ooh, lines nice that move. one up the middle, bounces a little bit, and everybody's going to be safe. Megan Doty comes racing home, and Grinnell takes the 1-0 lead. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast, episode number 41. Today I'm sitting down with Megan Doty, one of the Grinnell Softball assistant coaches and a former player of the Grinnell Tigers softball team. All of that, talking about the baseball and softball seasons thus far, going into postseason play, and I'm going to dabble in on my take on if we're going to have fall sports and what the pandemic means for sports coming forward in the high school season. All that coming up and more on the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Alrighty, once again, thank you to our sponsors for the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. We'll jump right into my discussion with Megan Doty. Megan is a former softball player of the Grinnell High School uh, softball team. She also played basketball in her time. We just interviewed her dad, Mike Doty, just a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, decided to bring in Megan to bring a whole new perspective into her assistant coaching life here this summer during the pandemic. Take a listen as I sat down with Megan Doty on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Alrighty, everyone, welcome back to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. I'm uh, here with Megan Doty, uh, Megan over Zoom, because FaceTime wasn't working, but I have Megan here over Zoom. Uh, Megan, it's great to have you on. Uh, I mostly, you know, a year ago, I didn't think we'd be sitting down and talking to each other because, you know, you had moved on from softball, now you're playing uh, college ball, but I just wanted to get you on here today, mostly for your uh, assistant coaching reasons and everything else. So I guess kind of give a little introduction for yourself, uh, what you're doing and what you have done uh, based on your career so far at Grinnell and now moving on to wherever you're at college. Yeah, so I graduated from Grinnell in 2019. So this year I was a freshman at Central College in Pella and I'm on the softball team there. So I finished my freshman year there I had a seven-game season, and then it got canceled because of the virus, and never was really planning on um, helping out with the high school team, but since I ended up coming home in March instead of at the end of May, it kind of worked out for me to help out, so now I am one of the assistant coaches for the Grinnell softball team, and I obviously played with these girls for about five years, so yeah, it's been fun. On the Central College softball side, uh, you obviously said your freshman year, very short. Uh, did you get a waiver for the, or do you get another extra year because of the uh, COVID-19 postponement of the season or cancellation? Yep, I do. So I still have four years of eligibility left. 
does that mean you can technically transfer that fifth year or is it just kind of you have to stay at Central all depending on classes and whatnot but is the is there an availability to possibly transfer your fifth year um I don't see why there wouldn't be um yeah I think I can just use it however I want uh would you say when you're started here at Central College or I guess what was one of the main reasons you chose Central out of all the different schools that uh, looked at you for both softball and possibly for other sports? Um, I think Central just really felt like a really uh, family type community. I really like that about um, the school. And then I think, I mean, one of my main reasons was obviously just a softball program and just what they're about is really what I wanted to uh, stand for as well. Just, a lot of women empowerment and as well as winning national championships. That's what I wanted to do and be a part of. So that's what really drew me to Central and I've loved it so far. So you move over to the softball side here for Grinnell. Were you pretty shocked that high school baseball and softball still happened this summer despite, you know, what happened on the college side and everything else? Um, I definitely didn't know if it was going to happen. I was obviously hoping, but it definitely seemed pretty unknown for quite some time, especially with the college season getting cut so short. But I'm glad the girls had this opportunity and, you know, we're trying not to take it for granted for sure. What's been one of the main, I guess, give everybody a background on what you guys as a team have been doing to uh, accommodate with the COVID-19 guidelines. I guess run us through what what's different than what would normally happen because of COVID-19. Yeah, so when we started... Um, we were not in the dugouts during practice. So the girls would set their stuff six feet apart or so, um, either in the bleachers or just basically just anywhere outside the dugout. So we were never condensed in there. And then basically it's just, you know, reminding the girls to wash your hands. Just, I mean, common sense stuff pretty much. But yeah, we weren't in the dugouts. And then when we would do any sort of huddles, we would just try to spread out. And mean, when you're on the field, it's already six feet apart just right. how positions are. So that wasn't a huge deal. It was just more of the huddles that we really just kind of had to space apart. Would you say since the season's almost done, would you say most teams are doing pretty well at handling the COVID-19 guidelines, that being fans and teams? Yeah, I think so. I think people are making the most of it. Like there's the big rule of, you know, fans aren't supposed to touch the foul balls. I think everybody's been doing a really good job of the defensive team going out to pick up the foul balls and bringing them back in. So there's no cross contamination there. I think that's been a big, a big thing for people to follow. That's been good. I've seen a lot of fans in the outfield, which is cool to, um, to see everybody out there just kind of in their own little clusters. But I think everybody's doing the best they can. As an assistant coach for the team, what has kind of your role been? What have you been doing to help the players, whether that be on the field or off the field? That, uh, or what role have you been given? I guess, uh, and what can what do you help the players improve with as the season goes on? Yeah. So when we did our first two weeks of practice, I was working with with the infielders, more particularly with the middles, because that's what I play. Um, I play second, so working with the middle infielders, and then. Uh, once game started, I do the um, the game on Game Changer on the iPad and then basically just t- talking to the girls all the time in the dugout about what they're seeing for pitches, um, just reminding the girls their different cues for at-bats, and then, um, again, working with Kelsey and Caitlin in the middle about just different things on defense, making 
making sure Caitlin's positioned right for certain certain situations and just little things like that, talking to the girls a lot. Would you say you have an advantage of some sorts because you literally just came out of playing with the team a year ago and you still you know these girls and you know them by heart and you know their reactions to things? Yeah, for sure. I I do feel like I know how to help them pretty well and I think I know them so um helping them in different ways I think has been really fun and just you know they know they know how to play but sometimes they just need some confidence or encouragement and I'm just kind of there to guide them what's it been like coaching with your dad uh it's been fun to be on the other other side of things with him and just hearing you know being involved in different conversations that I wouldn't have been as a player but I also just being a captain the last couple years with softball I did feel like I was in a leadership position with that so I think it's just kind of like that but just a little bit extra how would you say the team's different this year from last year obviously you guys have now come close to flirting with over 500 which hasn't happened for a while but what what was what's been the turning point what really separates this team this year than from what last year was yeah I think I mean, we graduated, my class had three people in it, so not a lot of girls, but I do feel like the team's pretty different just because, you know, with Ella Greif moving to town, that's a brand new pitcher, and then we got uh, Lauren Bolte back, who hasn't been, who hasn't played since her eighth grade year, so I only, I haven't played with her in a long time, so those two have really impacted the team, and then just, I think the main thing is they're just a lot of inexperience, which I think showed early on, but I think what has changed is those girls have really started to figure it out. And then obviously we have come down with some injuries that we've, we've had to make some adjustments, but I think we've kind of found our groove with how to manage that the best as possible. And I think uh, it's been showing. Have you learned anything as a player to take back to central that you can kind of build off of even as a coach? Oh yeah, for sure. Just um, being on a college team, it's just such a higher level of play and just, um, seeing that I just feel like my expectations for the team have um risen a lot and so I think it's also important for me to remember that you know we're not a college team these girls are you know 14 15 Mm -hmm. 16 year old girls but I think it was really good for me to see how what a high level that um you can compete at and then taking those little things that you can do to make to make it seem like a higher level game and um giving those to the girls has been really awesome uh, for this season or, and looking forward, would you say that it it's, is a pretty bright future considering that we only had, I think, maybe one or two seniors this year? Is there a lot to look forward to for fans of Grinnell softball in the next coming years, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, pretty much next year it'll be the exact same team. And I think um, hopefully this next year we get healthy and that next year you see a team that's 100% hopefully and I think that'll make a huge difference I mean obviously you guys have seen we never throw one pitcher the whole game we have to kind of just make it work with two or three so I'm hoping um that we're healthy next year and I think that'll help a lot but as well as these girls are have just grown so much and I know just another year they'll do the same thing and yeah it's definitely a bright future for the team Back to the coronavirus topic we were on, what would you say has been probably the hardest hurdle to get over for the team uh, this summer, having to deal with these guidelines and everything else? I think the biggest hurdle we had to get through was really just not having a spring season. Um, Just these girls didn't get to play softball in April at all, which 
you know, we realize how important that is and how much we probably took that for granted in years past because, you know, when they came to practice on June 1st, like, it kind of seemed like we were started from square one because we hadn't been together in so long. And, you know, those spring tournaments is really kind of where you work out those kinks. And I feel like we had to work those kinks out during games when we would have worked them out a lot earlier. So I think that was probably the biggest hurdle that the virus has given us. But I think we've finally gotten over that a little bit and we're kind of finding our group. But it was definitely difficult at first. What do you think uh, is the team's number one thing it prides itself on? Um, I think it's to our togetherness. I think that the girls have really prioritized just unity and the, the chemistry that they have. The, they just um, love being together. They're around each other a lot outside of softball too, which we're around each other a lot with softball anyway, and they hang out all the time afterwards too. So they really just love being around each other, and they've prided themselves a lot in just you know being a team that's together and believing in each other. You have the playoffs coming up next week. Uh, obviously, you get everyone gets a chance at the playoffs. Um, does it really change? Does the mindset really change when going to different playoff locations? Obviously, you got to go on the road down to Washington. But, I mean, since you guys have played so many games in a row this season, I mean, does the mindset really change or really does it just feel like another game and you're just back on the road again? Um, the mindset of what we're trying to do doesn't really change but um i would say it does feel different just from my experience playing in a regional game it does um feel different than in playing just like a regular conference game or something just you know added pressure a lot of lots of people there fans are probably a little bit louder you know just a little bit more antsy so it does feel a little bit different but obviously you know our goal is to win every single game and that that isn't going to change but yeah it does feel different playing in a regional uh, for this summer that you've been assistant coaching a little bit, uh, could you see yourself possibly doing it more if the opportunity opens up? Yeah, I definitely would consider it. We'll just, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with my season and all the other sports seasons and what our academics look like. It's, you know, it's so unknown, but, you know, hopefully I'm playing softball basically through the month of May right. next year. But uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun to work with the girls. Well, Megan, I appreciate you for uh, stepping in and talking to me. I'm. Uh, it's been fun to watch the team this season. we still got one more game uh, coming up, and we're excited to catch that one. So uh, thank you for uh, talking to me this afternoon, and uh, hopefully the rest of the season goes the right way for you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All righty. Thank you. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our PaxPals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyi'sgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyi's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. 
Once again, thank you to Megan for stopping in and uh, talking. Uh, it's nice when you have FaceTime and Zoom and whatnot. It makes it easier to talk to people. That way you don't have to come up close and uh, go to different places and interview and whatnot. But uh, big thanks to Megan for doing it. I know she had a busy work schedule and we were able to squeeze her in. And um, she had great info. It was really nice to listen to her and everything else that she had to say about the softball team this season, what she's doing at college. Um, and what she's going to have to be going or doing going forward when it comes to playing softball and whatnot. Um, I learned a lot. It was a nice little uh, way to sit down and chat, especially with uh, uh, her, because I don't think I'd ever think I'd be interviewing someone in my same grade literally a year after we graduated. But, you know, things happen. We'll talk to Stay on the softball team. Um, tonight, this podcast is coming out here on the 16th. That podcast with Megan happened last week. Uh, I think last Thursday, I think, uh, but we wanted to wait till today on the seventh or on the sixteenth um, when the game uh, first happens. So tonight, Grinnell heads to Washington to take on the Demons. Uh, this should be a great game. I think uh, we're in for a good one. Grinnell comes in with a ten and ten record. They look to get a winning record for the first time since two thousand eight. And Washington comes in with a uh, eight and seventeen record. Washington gets the home field advantage in this game because when the bracket first came out and everything, Washington had the more or had more wins at the time. So it just kind of shows Grinnell's been on the up and up. Washington comes in with a three game losing skid. Actually, four or three out of their last four games they've lost, or four out of their last five. Excuse me. Um, so Washington's not in the greatest position coming into tonight's game. Uh, and Grinnell not looking too bad. They finished the win over Newton to finish the season. Obviously, the loss to Pella Christian, not great, but you beat Ace Marshall, you beat Pella, you beat PCM. Uh, there's a lot riding on tonight's game. I think Grinnell should have a pretty good night at the plate. I assume Ella Greif's pitching like uh, as always. Um, it's just going to be one of those games Grinnell's going to have to hang in tough. I know if they win, they'll have to play Clear Creek Amana, who's not a much easier opponent. Uh, but hopefully Grinnell can get a win out and sneak one out here on the road. They got to go a long way. So maybe you're listening to this podcast on the way down or the way back. So either way, I appreciate you are listening into the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. On the baseball side, they take the field tomorrow. They head down to Oskaloosa to take on the Indians. Uh, Grinnell beat Oskaloosa just a couple, about a week or so ago. So uh, granted, Oski has the series victory this year over t- Grinnell with two wins to one, but you know Grinnell could pull something out here on the road. Granted, Grinnell's never played great against Oskaloosa on the road, but like I said, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. This is such a fun game, uh, baseball is, and you know the bracket is tough for Grinnell, but if they win, they'll most likely play Norwalk um, on the road. Uh, so you know you kind of got to live with what you can, but. Um, I'm personally excited. You know, I think Grinnell's picking it up at the right time. Uh, you know, the 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 past couple of days have not been great. You know, you could have played HLV, a really good squad, but it gets rained out. You could have played Ballard, a really good squad, but it gets rained out. You come back from down 5-1 in the seventh inning against Clear Creek Amanda on, what was it, like Monday night? And you can't quite finish it, but Clear Creek Amanda's like one of the top teams in 3A that's going to make a run to the state tournament. So, it shows that Grinnell's here to win, and they're here to make a statement in the playoffs. Um, and Stenberg always said, you know, he wants to he wants them to play their best baseball in July. Well, I can tell you right now, I feel like they are. 
Uh, Grinnell's bracket goes as follows. Winner set is the one seed. They play the ace seed Knoxville tonight, or tomorrow night, or excuse me, tonight. What am I saying? Tomorrow night, the 17th. Uh, that's at Winterset High School. Centerville hosts Pella, uh, the 4-5 and five seed. That should be an amazing game, considering the first time those two teams met, it was like a 13-12 to 12 final score. Uh, that's at the top of the bracket. And then in the bottom of the bracket, it's Norwalk at 13-5, and five, taking on Carlisle 6-12. and 12. It's not a pushover, because last night, Carlisle defeated number 4th-ranked Dallas Center Grimes. So Carlisle is picking up steam going into the playoffs. And then on our side, Oskaloosa and Grinnell. And it's so weird because two of Oskaloosa's losses are to Newton and Grinnell. Newton is, no offense to Newton fans, but not a great team. Grinnell is 10-10, and 10, so Oskaloosa's losses don't look too hot. So it shows they're vulnerable to teams that are lower than them when it comes down to it. They play down to their opponents, it almost seems like. But if Oskaloosa is going to make a run, it's definitely going to be this year. But Stenberg and his squad probably going to have some other thoughts about that come tomorrow night at Oskaloosa High School. I know I will be there, so uh, that should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's move on to our next topic. This is one that I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, a lot. I hadn't really gone off on it. Uh, you know, in the past couple weeks, because I've just kind of been waiting, see if we get any news. Um, but I think it's time that I talk about the upcoming fall season, and uh, you know what, what what's going to happen. Um, we're seeing college football. Uh, we're seeing the uh, the the conferences. We're seeing all these conferences: the Big Ten, uh, who else? The Big Ten, the Pac-12, and I think the Big East just came out today. And they said, we're playing conference-only games this upcoming football season. That's a big deal. Uh, you look at schools like Iowa, who was supposed to play UNI, Northern Illinois, and Iowa State. Those three games are gone. They're, they're not playing them. That's a big hit for UNI. You know, just regular, se- or regular conference games. And that's how they'll decide the conference champion. This is a high school-type podcast. We're not going to go into college, but I'm just saying. We're starting to see college football move toward the motion that this season is going to be different. There's no doubt about it. And high school, we've just kind of been left in the dark. Um, And it's nothing against the state. The state kind of left us in the dark a lot to begin the baseball and softball season. In my opinion, I think we're going to have high school football this season. If you go with the correct amount of guidelines and you really follow these things that they're saying, I think it's very possible we still have it. Now, is the season going to be shortened? Maybe. But when it comes to the whole thing, and I go back to the Big Ten Conference, they changed it so it was conference only so that way they have a grasp. The Big Ten Commissioner basically said, we can control everything that happens. And people came back and said... So are you telling me that the Iowa Hawkeyes have a better chance of getting coronavirus if they went to Ames, Iowa, than if they went to uh, Maryland to take on the Terrapins? That, I mean, if you think of it that way, it's definitely different. And high school football is so much different. You know, you can't, like Grinnell, opening game on the season. They go to Waverly Shell Rock in Waverly. Does that mean in particular, that Grinnell has a better chance of catching the coronavirus if they go to Waverly. No. I mean, you know, if you follow the correct protocols and everything is put into place, 
everything goes toward high school football happening. I'll start with a couple reasons that kind of fit into this whole thing that we're going to have to work with some stuff. We talk about this baseball season, baseball and softball season. We've seen, as of this recording, I think 22 or 23 teams are having to forfeit their season because they've had a case of the coronavirus on their team. The, 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 the notion that if a player gets the coronavirus and everybody else has to quit is kind of ridiculous to me. Now, granted, I believe that the coronavirus is terrible. I, it is absolutely terrible. It is, it is deadly. So many people don't take it seriously. So many people don't wear a mask. And I'll get to that here in a little bit. But so many people don't follow it. And I, you know, that needs to be, that needs to change. We need to take this virus more seriously. Going back to the point of the players on the teams that get it. Take, for example, um, Oskaloosa, softball. Just had to end their season just a couple of days ago. Or just a couple of days ago. Literally yesterday. They don't get to play because one of their players had it. Um, we move into another one. Dowling Catholic. Ranked number one in the state in baseball. One of their players gets it. 14-day quarantine. He's done. Team's done. Just because the one player had it, the rest of the team's done. Then we move to Bishop Heelan. Bishop Heelan baseball team had a COVID-19 case within. And they come out and say, well, the player had it and, you know, that's that's fine. He, he wasn't near the team. He wasn't around them. Or excuse me, a softball player at Bishop Heelan had it. But the two teams have worked together. So realistically, both teams should be gone. But Bishop Heelan baseball gets to say and... Bishop Heal and softball doesn't get to stay. And the state comes out and says, or the people within say, well, there's different regions. There are different segments. If one person gets it, that doesn't mean the whole team has it. So they get to move on. And if you're Dowling Catholic, you're absolutely ticked off because you're like, well, how does that make sense? One of our players gets it. Why does everybody have to go? When we go back to football, there are 50 plus people on this Grinnell team this upcoming season. I think we're looking at around possibly 80. I, I'm not entirely sure. It's going to be one of the bigger Grinnell teams we've had. Great. Great for numbers. Great for everything else. But when you look at it like we've done baseball and softball, yes, we need to be weary and we need to be cautious with this virus. But when half the people are asymptomatic, more than half the people are asymptomatic, I don't understand the notion of if one person gets it, everybody's done. A freshman could be on this Grinnell Tiger football team. A freshman that never sees the field in varsity or JV. I don't know. I don't know the situation. But say like a freshman has it. And he doesn't get a lot of playing time. But yet he's on the sideline. And he's in the weight room. And he's in everything else with all these players. Let's say he goes to the doctor or whatever, you know gets tested. Don't know why he got tested, but he got tested. And he comes back positive. School gets a phone call, everything else, and you come back and you're like, well, now we have to quarantine. Whole team's done. 14 days. Two games. Done. Two games. There's 80 people on that roster, and because of one person getting tested <clears throat> and testing positive, is that fair to the entire team? All 79 other players, <clears throat> excuse me, is that fair to all of them 
that they have to sit out because one player tested positive. Because don't lie to yourself. If we tested everyone on our baseball, if we tested every single person in the state that was on a baseball and softball team, how many people do you think would come back positive? I guarantee the numbers would be absolutely astounding. But we don't test. And it's almost coming to a point where I don't blame the coaches if they tell their players, hey, don't get tested. Because if you get tested, you're most likely going to have it. Even though you don't have any symptoms, you're most likely going to have it. And if you have it, then our season's done. Don't be that guy that ruins the season. When it comes to football, there's going to have to... And this is... I'm, I'm talking about football, but this, this also goes towards cross country and this goes towards volleyball. I don't want to exclude those uh, teams and whatnot. But we're going to have to make a sacrifice or some sacrifices when it comes to this upcoming season. We need to realize that this isn't going to be a perfect world. This isn't going to be perfect. Nobody's not not going to get the virus. Someone's going to get it. Someone on the football team is going to get it. It's just, it's just a given. And we have to be able to be prepared and say, okay, you got it. Most likely, you probably gave it to a couple of other people. But as long as they're asymptomatic... I don't think it needs to be as big of a deal as it is. Now, granted, if you're asymptomatic, that still means you can pass it on to other players. Still means you can pass it on to other adults. I get it. But when is it? when do we draw the line and say, this is where we need to end it? This is where we need to put the line down and say, all right, this many players have it. This is how we have to go with it. And I'm not saying that just because a person has it, means that, you know, they have to quarantine for 14 days. You know, when when is that going to come a little short? Because I'm seeing plenty of people kind of cheat the system and they get the virus and they come back and they're like, well, they're ready in five days. They don't, they feel just fine. So for the player's point, if he has it, I just don't understand why we need to make as big of a deal of it. Because if he doesn't have symptoms... I mean, what, what, what are we scared of here? Because you can't have one person ruin it for 79 other people. I just, I, it's so hard to fathom that. I mean, the state has, and the state, they're smart. They're smart at the top. They have to know that this is going to happen. And they said it at the beginning of the baseball and softball season. They said, teams are going to catch the virus. And that's just how it goes. We're sorry. We can't help it. But it's going to happen. And you play at your own risk. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. If you're going to play football this season, you're going in knowing, yeah, I'm probably might going to get the virus. And you're not scared of it. You know, and it's, we're looking at an age group. Yes, in the latest stats, 21 to 22 year olds have been the ones that have been getting it a lot. But around the 18 to 14 year old of most high school athletes in the state, I mean, I'd hope most high school athletes in the state, they're not getting it. So if they're not getting it, even if they are, they don't have symptoms of it, then I don't see the problem. Yes, football is a contact sport. They're right up next to each other. There's spit. There's there's sweat. There's everything in that pile. When you are in a dog pile on the football field, you are so close to the other person that you know you are going to get something off the other person. That's just the f- sport of football. It happens. We move over to cross country. What are you going to do? We're, we're, are we going to spread out the starts? Kids are still going to breathe on each other when they're running. 
We go to volleyball. Everybody touches the same ball. We we can't be that afraid of all of this. Because in baseball, in softball, you know, you still touch the baseball. You talk to any of the coaches, they say baseball and softball hasn't been that as much of effective because these teams are their own bubble. You talk about the NBA bubble in Orlando. That's a bubble of players. They keep them in that bubble. The softball and baseball teams here in the state are kind of like that. That softball team here in Grinnell, those are friends. They stick together. They are near each other. Rarely do they probably go outside of it and do more. I mean, they're, they're, they are, your team is your bubble. You should feel safe in your bubble. Your team is safe. Your team should feel safe. And you have to be able to make sacrifices. When we talk about guidelines for the upcoming season, there are some that need to be taken into place. Um, I'll name off a couple that I've thought about and everything else. Um, I still agree that social distancing needs to be practiced. I still agree that everyone needs to wear a mask. When it comes to sports and everything else, you can't wear a mask because obviously, for obvious reasons, you won't be able to breathe as much. You know, I get that. And that's that's just how it is, you know, with the NBA players in the bubble. They wear a mask every single place, but right when you step on that court, mask comes off. Like I said, a sacrifice you have to make if you're wanting to play the sport. On the football field, I think the coaches' boxes need to be extended a little bit more. You know, I, I just think, obviously for teams with turf, you know, it's not easy just to... Boom, there's your there's your extra uh, coach box. But I feel like we need to extend the coach's box just a little bit more. You know, give, a, give everybody a little bit of room. You know, and I think it has to be on the players too. Granted, you know, like I said, you, you make some sacrifices. But if everybody, say like a team's at the 10-yard line, Everybody on both sidelines are going to be pushed over to that side of the field. Nobody's on the other side of the field. But I hate to say it, I'd probably start getting across to the team, hey, choose a spot to be at on the sidelines, roughly, and you just kind of have to stay there if you're watching from the sideline. And that's another thing. Only coaches and managers and medical personnel should be on the sideline. I don't think that... We need to have all these extra people. Uh, you know, I, I get that, you know, for news people, news people can be on the side. They can be on the end zones. But you have to have a designated spot. As for cheerleaders and band and whatnot, cheerleaders already distance themselves when they cheer. I don't think that's a terrible problem. But that could be something big that I'm about to come up to. For marching band, they all sit in a huge clump right next to each other. When it comes to marching itself, they can easily spread out. I mean, you can easily make a formation that has people spread out, and they usually are when they're marching. Now, when they're sitting down, that's a whole different beast that you're going to have to figure out. The big question that everybody's asking as well is if there is high school football, what about the fans? Um, here, Here's the problem with this. We just had the graduation last Saturday. And the fans spread out. We had like over 400 people. And the home bleachers were full of people. But they spread out. I never really saw anyone that was in separate families sit right next to each other. 
And I think that was absolutely great. It looked great. It felt perfectly fine. And everybody was social distanced. If we can take what we did on Saturday for the graduation and apply it to our football season in the grandstands, we are going to be golden. I can tell you that right now. It is going to be perfect how that would work out. Now, on the student side, this is where things get interesting. (laughs) Because students are probably the number one people I have not seen social distancing at all. And this is not against the students. This is not against anyone. But I just don't see it. Granted, like I said earlier, their age range doesn't get it. But, you know, still, you know, precaution. I don't think student sections can be a thing. And they, they, they technically can, but when you're standing right next to each other, like so tightly compacted, it's just like a cesspool of possibilities. Because on cold nights, in Friday nights in the season, you're going to show up to games and you'll be sniffling because it's so cold, but you don't know if you have a cold. You don't know if you're just cold. I mean, you could have something. That's just, I mean, that's that's kind of how... We look at sickness as it is. But for fans' sake, I think that capacity needs to be taken down to 50%. I think that parents should be the first priority. And then I think students could be the second priority. And normal, just passerby fans could be the third priority. Now, I don't want to come across as biased because we run our live stream and that, you know, people can watch from home. We're going to try to up our production quality just a little bit this upcoming season because we know that people aren't going to be there. We want to try to recreate that feel that you have when you're at a high school football game. And we want to try to do that for fans and whatnot. But I think we all, this whole pandemic, and I keep going back to it, we just have to make some sacrifices, good or bad sacrifices. So I think, you know, 50% capacity you know, when it comes to road games, try to use the locker rooms maybe as less as possible. One thing I saw someone suggest is half times are done on the either end zones. One team goes to one end zone, the other team goes to the other end zone. Isn't that usually what it used to be, old school football kind of? You know, yes, you have locker rooms, but I still see some high school teams do halftime on the field. It just happens. I mean, teams do it. Um, and, you know, that's that's just kind of how it is. That way you don't have to go back in the locker room. You don't have to run back, go through the crowds of whatnot. That way you don't have to worry about that. And you're on the field as it is. There's just so many different things that they could change, and I feel like that can be done to make this better for high school sports. I can't speak on volleyball because I don't know much about volleyball. But again, lesser capacity. Again, you're going to have to make a sacrifice. Yes, you're touching the ball. Spread out the benches a little bit more. And that's one of the other things I was going to say for football. Does every single person on that sideline technically need to be on the sidelines? Yes. If I'm a freshman in high school, I would love to stand on the sidelines during a varsity football game. Because you are part of the team. But the coaches need to, in my opinion, need to look at it and say, who does need to be on the field? Granted, you will never know when someone gets injured. You will always need a backup. But... You can probably at least put a nice group of people in your mind and say, this is who is most likely going to play injury or not injury. And then there's another group of people that you can say, these people will probably not play. They're just on the sideline to be on the sideline. We're not going to need them. It's nothing against you. It's just how it needs to be. 
again, sacrifices, <laughs> sacrifices, sacrifices, sacrifices. This podcast or episode should be called Sacrifices. Um, I don't know. I just th- those are those are my thoughts. I think we're going to have high school football. I've heard the rumors that it could get moved to spring. There's a lot of problems with that. That if we move high school football to spring, everything else has to be moved to spring. And you're having a very tough decision for a lot of athletes to choose. Do I want to play a certain sport and give up another sport? Another thing is that if we move it to spring and we move the fall, if we move the fall sports to spring and we move the spring sports to fall, that's not fair to the spring sports because spring sports never got to happen. You're cutting off them for two straight seasons. That's just, that's unheard of. I don't know. We're going into a tough time. This is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all listened in on one of the press conferences that we had or my mom was having on the zoom calls with the superintendents and whatnot they're doing their best they are going to make sure that it is safe this school year and i feel like we all need to just be cautious but we need to be hopeful because you know we still want sports to happen we still want to have fun We as a society need to learn to deal with what we are going through, and we need to help improve. That starts by wearing your mask. I haven't talked much on about it because of the live streams, but when I go to these high school baseball games this season, high school softball games, there is social distancing. There is people sitting out in the outfield, and I'm impressed. I applaud those people. But there are also people that sit in the bleachers, and they sit right next to each other, and they're not family members, And they're not wearing a single mask. I don't think I've seen a high schooler wear a mask at all. uh, Anywhere. Besides a couple that would go to grad parties and whatnot. I think if you're going to the game tonight at Washington. Or if you're going to the game tomorrow. If you're going to be sitting around people in the bleachers. Please wear your mask. I know. It's hot. And... You know, I hear the, oh, I can't breathe. That's technically not true because we've seen studies come out that say you can breathe just as normal in a face mask than you can in any other type. Wear your mask. Stay safe. It's no coincidence and there's no reason, or there's not not a reason that Walmart and Starbucks and these companies are coming out and saying, please wear masks in our stores. Studies show that masks will help move this virus along and we can get out of this quicker than normal. Because of the jump of the gun, opening things back up, we're stuck in this situation where just today in Iowa, we had 18 deaths and more than 700 cases again. We can stop the virus. We just have to take steps to make it possible. Wear your mask. Stay safe. Social distance. Practice being safe. Practice being healthy. Because if you're not doing that, we're not going to have a football season. We're not going to have a volleyball season. We're not going to have a cross-country season. We're not going to have swimming. You know, we we have to take those steps if we want these things to happen. And I think it's going to happen. But we just need to be making sure that we are part of that process and we want to make things happen. And that's all I have to say today. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the uh, Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast today, episode 41. I went on a little bit of a longer tangent there, but I had just been having so many thoughts about this the past couple weeks. Nobody wants high school football to happen more than I do. Nobody wants fall sports to happen more than I do. The live stream business wants the sports to happen because we like bringing these events to your homes. 
We wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't without sports, and we know that. And these athletes deserve to be given a chance to show what they can do. You know, people ask me why I care so much about these athletes in high school sports. It's because they deserve this recognition. They deserve to be shown to the public. They deserve the highest praise because they are incredible athletes. And it's not just the athletes. It's the musicians. It's the drama department. It's the artists. It's the photographers. It's the ag people. All these people deserve to have the spotlight shown. And I'm just doing my job by giving them a little bit more in terms of the quality that people see them. Because they deserve every single right of it. They deserve sports seasons. Let's make that, let's make that happen for them. Let's stay safe, let's social distance, and let's figure stuff out. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network episode number 41. I'm Blake Walker. Thank you to Megan Doty for stopping in earlier and talking with us. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe and go Tigers. Runner on second. Regal Ooh, lines nice that move. one up the middle, bounces a little bit, and everybody's going to be safe. Megan Doty comes racing home, and Grinnell takes the 1-0 lead. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.